Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday. It's the 3rd of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Iowa's Joni Ernst is among five U.S. senators who've publicly pleaded with a fellow Republican senator to end his blockade of military promotions. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville objects to Pentagon policy that covers travel costs for soldiers who must travel out of state to get an abortion, and he's placed a hold on over 370 military promotions the Senate must confirm. Ernst says she's unabashedly pro-life, but punishing soldiers who didn't propose the policy is the wrong approach. Truly incredible individuals that have served our nation through thick and thin. These are folks that deserve to be promoted. For more than four hours Wednesday night, Ernst and her GOP colleagues spoke of the qualifications of 61 officers up for promotion and asked for a vote in the Senate on each one of them. Tuberville had previously said he did not object to voting on the nominees individually, but he objected to each one on Wednesday. The Biden administration has announced $5 billion in support for rural projects. It's helping three rural Iowa electrical grids meet customer needs. We get more from IPR's Zachary Oren-Smith. Two years ago, a transformer would run Clarion-based Prairie Energy Co-op $830. Now, it's more than double that. The per-foot cost of wire is up, and poles are up as much as 64%. Everyone knows about fuel. Oh, my goodness. That's Prairie's Sarah Olson McLaughlin. She says it's a challenge to keep maintenance up on the grid while slowly expanding its services reach. Luckily, the USDA Rural Development Department has set up Prairie with a $6 million loan. Teresa Greenfield is the state director for Iowa. These public and cooperative partnerships are so important that we can leverage our dollars together, our federal tax dollars and investments and our private investments for the success of our communities. Since 2021, the USDA has invested $1.1 billion in rural Iowa electric programs. The chair of the Iowa Democratic Party is defending the idea that leaders of a Democrat student organization should step down after posting a statement that included a phrase widely considered anti-Semitic. The group University Democrats at Iowa posted a statement on Wednesday expressing support for Palestine. It ended with, quote, May every Palestinian live long and free from river to the sea. The Anti-Defamation League says the widely used phrase is a call for the elimination of Israel and the Jewish people. IDP Chair Rita Hart says she couldn't let it pass. I really hope that people can understand how important it is that we do take a stand on these things, that hate has no place here in the state of Iowa, and it has no place in the Democratic Party. College Democrats at Iowa State University yesterday said they are disaffiliating with the IDP in part because of their treatment of the group at the University of Iowa. And six northeast Iowa counties have come together to try and bring back a passenger rail line through the state. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer has more. The last passenger train to whip through Waterloo was during the Johnson administration 56 years ago. That could change as the Iowa Northland Regional Council of Governments is seeking a federal feasibility study to bring a rail line from Chicago through Iowa. 
Council Director of Transportation Nick Fatsky explains regional interest in passenger lines has reemerged, but fears that Iowa could be left out. When it comes to entering the state, it can go around us or it can go through us. And right now we're kind of at a point where it looks like there's a pretty good chance anything that would happen would go around us. And I think we're missing out on a big opportunity there. The group will face several hurdles, including the possibility of reduced Amtrak federal funding and a lack of state funding. Letters of support will be presented to the Iowa House early next year. This is Here First from IPR News. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. More than 4,000 head of cattle, sheep, pigs, and goats were shown at the American Royal Livestock Show in Kansas City over the last few weeks. The event goes all the way back to 1899, and this year, exhibitors as young as seven years old traveled from all over the country to compete. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai brings us this audio postcard on what it's like for kids and teenagers who show livestock at one of the largest competitions in the U.S. My name is Bui Inglo. I am nine and a half years old. I am from Carbondale, Kansas. My cow's name is Kinsley. Sometimes after we wash her and comb her and all that, I'll give her kisses all over. I am dying to enter Kinsley and showmanship. I feel pretty nervous and I have butterflies in my tummy, but as soon as I step in the wing, I feel like I'm home. Because when I'm in the wing with my cow, they just calm down and it's my happy place. There's a lot of lambs. The lambs are in some cages, some are asleep. There's a lot of blow dryers, a lot of stuff going on. My name is Andre Carter. I'm from Perkins, Oklahoma. I'm 10 years old and this is my lamb, Beat'em. He's a sheep. I like him a lot and he's a pretty good lamb. I got into this because my dad showed lambs my grandpa showed lambs, and then my sister showed lambs, and then I start showing lambs. Sometimes before I go to my class, I watch other people who are more experienced with sometimes better lambs, and how they place, and how they set up, and how quick they do it. My name is Riley Stuker from Lee County, Iowa, the very southeast tip, and I'm 18. So when we come to these shows, uh, we class our pigs when we show them by weight. And so behind me is a scale, and I'm weighing my pig. It's more than just learning how to care for livestock. It's learning how to communicate with people and how to deal with one of the biggest things I've learned is dealing with your losses because the main thing we're doing here is trying to win a show, but you win way less shows than you'll ever lose, I guess. I sacrificed basically everything I had and I gave up all my sports and everything for this so it's something that I really enjoy and hope to make something out of. My name is Catalina Cutshaw. I'm from Lewisburg, Kansas and I'm 15. <laughs> this is little Dale. I'm about to go in the holding pen so I can show. I'm kind of nervous. My grandma just got here so I'm excited because she drove all the way up here to watch me. She just gave me a coin <laughs> for luck. <laughs> Good girl, yeah. an angel. It's a little angel. Results of class number three. Here we go. 
I'm Allison Throckmorton. I'm eight and I'm from San Antonio. This is Tornado. He's named Tornado because um, Kansas City sometimes has tornadoes. I think it's fun having like Seep because once you get to train him, he's not so crazy. I feed him, water him, make sure he's good, um, exercise him, and that's almost all I do with him. I got six, six, um, everything was pretty good. He didn't jump, he didn't, he walked all the time, so I think that's good. This audio postcard on the American Royal Livestock Show in Kansas City was produced by Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. And this is Here First, a podcast from IPR News you can find wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening this week. Thank you.